in the heart of Africa. There is a place known as the land of a thousand hills, lush and green, a land of great vibrancy, full of life, red fertile soil that supports some of the most beautiful landscapes you'll ever see. And yet, like all places in the world where we find tremendous beauty, we also find brokenness, orphaned and vulnerable children with no memory of parents, unseen by society, without the assurance of a meal, the security of shelter, or the dignity of work. But in the gap we find between God's beauty and our brokenness, we believe that God can build a bridge, that grace received and grace shared can turn mourning into dancing, great grief into immeasurable joy, bondage and brokenness into hope restored and hope renewed. And so today, you are invited on a journey to Rwanda as together we remember the central affirmation God's story is a story of grace. Story of Grace. So a few weeks ago, we had a team return from Rwanda. We go, go out there every couple of years. I've been to that area of Africa three, three times. Pastor David was part of the trip this season. And those are some photographs and pictures and videos that they return with to tell the story, which is a story of grace. And not just that, but how you and I interact with that story. Not just Africa or Rwanda, but also our own journey of grace, experiencing, giving, sharing, living, uh, integrating into our life and what it really means. So we're talking about that here over a series of, of, of weekends leading up to Easter, the greatest act of grace of all time when God raised His Son, Jesus Christ, from the dead. I bought something to show you today when I went to Africa the last time in Rwanda. One of the things that we got to do when we arrived there was go to an area where about 100 orphans were that we had adopted. We adopt 1,000 each time we do this over a three-year period. This is that group that now is graduating. Uh, some of those you saw there are the graduates after three years, able to be independent in faith, independent in how they live and serve and how they live their life. It's exciting to see the amazing difference three years makes for them. While we were there, we were invited to one group of about 100 kids to give many of them, representing a small groups, each one of them, a cow. Now, giving a cow to those folk, people in Africa, then Rwanda, in the poor areas, is huge. Uh, it means you go from poverty to wealth like that. It's like winning the lottery. Uh, having a cow makes you wealthy, not only because of what the cow can produce, but also because the cow provides fertilizer for you to plant crops. Without fertilizer, you can't grow anything in that part of Rwanda or most of Africa. It requires, so fertilizer is life. A cow is life. A whole cow is wealth. We were asked to actually, uh, they gave us each an orphan, and the kids stood next to us, and said, basically, go get them a cow who were out there running in a field free. Uh, some way of making the exchange. So we had to go hunt for them uh, and grab one. I, I was smart enough to grab one with a rope around his neck, the only one with a rope. The rest, how do you grab a cow without a rope? And so we did that. But when we arrived there, they also gave me a gift. One gift was uh, some grass. They kind of wound, wound up as a curry comb for the cows to, to mark the gift we gave them. And they also gave me, well, basically a stick a herding stick, how they herded them. They don't uh, use ropes and pick up trucks with hay on the back like we do in Texas. Uh, they have a stick to kind of uh, prod them into where they needed to go. 
But I want you to hear what they said in response to the cows and goats we gave them. Their story at this point of close to graduation was this. We are no longer a problem, but an answer. Before Zoe, before grace intervenes through God's use of this church, our gifts, God's grace interacting with them in that very unique way, they were only a problem. That's how they saw themselves. We're just a problem. Uh, we're just a problem to everybody. Now we're not that anymore. Now we're an answer. Think with me, story of grace, and also the story of Peter, Simon Peter here, as we hear Jesus interacting with, with Peter here. Now you might know that sometime before, Peter had denied Jesus three times while Jesus was, was heading to the cross. Peter who said, I'll die for you, Jesus. Whatever you need, I'll be there. I'm your man. I'm your guy. I'll be that for you, Jesus, no matter what. Everybody else denies you, not me. And Jesus said before the, cock, the rooster crows, you will deny me three times, which is exactly what he does. And now sometime later after the resurrection, Jesus and, and Peter are reunited. And the reunification of the two Jesus does not mention anything about the denial, about what he'd done, about who he was, about his failure, about his being a loser. In many ways, he appears to be that to you and me. Instead, he asked him three times, do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me? And three times he says, feed my sheep, feed my sheep, feed my sheep. And by the way, Peter, you're going to die for me. Do you still want to follow me? Follow me. John 21, 17, hear that very simple scripture. Jesus said again, do you love me? Peter replied, Lord, you know everything. You know I love you. Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. If you would connect Rwanda, Zoe Ministry, Story of Grace, and Peter's story with what grace really is as you view a second video from that trip to Rwanda. We found a place in the Nyanza sector and in Gisagara district that is in the southern province of Rwanda. But this is special group, they are all child-headed household. No mother, no father living on their own. Zoe built these homes for those homelesses. When we met these kids before, they had to sleep outside on bushes or under bridges. It is not safe, all kind of exploitation. There was no way to empower them. Empowerment was not possible because they were not stable. We have bought this piece of land and we began building homes. Today, they have their own home. They no longer need to live on the street where they can be abused. Empowerment is possible. They can shift them out of poverty because they are free from slave work. Anything they do is for, for their profit, not for the profit of someone else. They have dignity 
in their community and their community uh, consider them as other citizens. There is Alexi who is living with his disabled father and John living with his disabled mother. A home is so important in, in this kid's life because once they got a home, they began running small businesses and they make money, they can feed themselves, they can pay health insurance, they send their siblings to school somewhere also. He's a nice guy, he was good at business. Before he knew Zoe, he was in bad life, homeless, stigmatized by society. Zoe came and gave him a grant. He bought samosa and then he sold them. He sold pineapple a while and then he got a bicycle. And then through this bicycle, he can do a taxi, bicycle taxi. Now he has a house from Zoe. Now he's doing his business. He's thankful so much. May God bless you guys. And his wish is that you can help other people. What amazed me and make me feel happy, Zoe can go to help other children who are in need because him is already out of poverty. Thank you, Zoe. <laughs> And to hear about those homes being built for the Zoe orphans, be aware that uh, Epiphany, who we, we love and connect with so personally as a, as a partner with her and Zoe Ministry and the Giving Hope Program, uh, that we provide the money for the, the wood and parts of the homes, the tin roof, that kind of thing. They build their own homes. We don't do that. Uh, we still provide the money for the resources to build those mud bricks to make the house there. And uh, we've got to see them do that. They come together as a community. They work together. And in a day, they almost get these houses built. Uh, but, they, but without the money, they couldn't do it. They'd have no resources. Now, I, I want to add this as well. Uh, then Rwanda, it's late uh, afternoon, evening, right about this time. Uh, and there are thousands of orphans there uh, who are no longer orphans who, re who are returning home to their house where they live and their community is. They're returning to family, community, faith, and a home. And that's their life today. A few years ago, they had nothing to return to. All their life was defined by, as he described it, were stigmatized, shame, despair, hopelessness. And grace intersect their lives through Zoe Ministry, this church, in a powerful way. That intersection changed their future because they received that and our gift to them. Now think about grace this way, please. What it does, it gives value to the one who receives it. But the one who gives it is the one that does that, not the one who receives it. That means that God gives you and me value because he gives us grace in Jesus Christ. God decided that you and I are of value he said, we're of value. I love you. You're of value to me. I'm going to die for you. I'm going to give you life and grace and love and hope. And all the things we seek is offered to us in Jesus Christ. And through that same grace we received, we dropped in the middle of Africa through Zoe Ministry, Rwanda and Zimbabwe both, and there we give value to these thousands of kids. And they absolutely feel it and know it 
and recognize it and we're going to return to a home that we share with them through that grace that you and I have in common with the Rwandan orphans and those who lead and direct that program and Zimbabwe as well. We celebrate all of those things. So we hear it. Do you love me? Feed my sheep. Now I want to give you a thought about what Christ is bringing to us in his time and our time as well. In a world motivated by power and law, that was Jesus' world and that's our world. Jesus was motivated by love and grace. That's what moved Jesus to the cross. That's how he dealt with Peter. He said, Peter, you do the same thing. Go feed my sheep. There's a story of discipleship right there. Embodied by Zoe Ministry and our partnership there. And whether you're a new member of our church or visiting with us or a longtime member or you give to Zoe or give to our church or simply present, we're all part of that in all kinds of ways, that unique partnership with the story of grace. We receive and we give and we celebrate in our life. That's how Jesus lived. Now, one of the unique things about this whole picture here is that each one of these orphans, they have an option when they are targeted by uh, Zoe and by one of the social workers, by Epiphany, one of the others. Somehow they come to light this young person uh, is living behind a bu- sleeping behind a bush or, or behind a building or under a bridge in poverty, being abused like you and I would not imagine. The abuse that happens to these kids there in that part of Africa. And they're approached. They're typically as dirty as they can be. Uh, They are uh, uh, overrun by parasites and other diseases. Uh, Their diet is unbelievable if they have a diet at all. And they're abused by those around them. And they're asked, would you like to become a part of the Giving Hope Zoe program? And they probably know about it already. Very significant in that part of Rwanda and Africa. And they're asked, do you want this or do you not? Uh, Most say yes, but a few say no. They're not willing to give up what they perceive as independence for the dependence of the rules and guidelines for Zoe ministry and the responsibilities there, and they're they're unwilling to accept that. Grace must also be accepted as value is given and received. Think about our own faith as Christians, our our learning to uh, grab that faith ourselves, maybe today, in communion. God's gift to us of Jesus Christ, his sacrifice made for us. But we have to come and receive and accept and say thank you as he tells us, okay, now go feed my sheep. Yes, Lord, we know, you know you, we, you, you love us we, and you know we love you. That's why we're here at this altar. Take that into our world. That leads to the second point. Every time we serve, give, serve, or forgive, It should flow from our own need of God and grace. Every time we give, serve, or forgive, it should flow from our own need of God and grace. The longer I am a Christian, the more I'm aware of my own need, of who I really am, and of God's mercy on me, and my own limitations in my life. And so the longer I live, the more I'm aware of how that truth overwhelms me in my life when I pray or worship, connect with God in any way. And so when I give or serve someone else, it comes from my own need, my own limitations, my own weaknesses, my own sin and temptation. It comes from that place when I give to someone else. 
doesn't come from my own righteousness or goodness or excellence or I'm smarter or better or have more or have more money or I'm an American or whatever. It doesn't have anything to do with that. It's about where it comes from in our own grace in God. In my first trip to Africa, we went to Zimbabwe, and there uh, Zoe Ministries was just, just beginning its work. We've been partnering from the very beginning with them. And we still have about 120, 130 orphans we served there in the Giving Hope program. But in that day, we only gave food at that time. And also in that trip provided medical care. I was doing what's called triage, uh, where I would sit there at a table with an interpreter, and we talked to all the kids as they came to us and see what kind of health issues they had. They all had pretty much the same health issue. They were loaded with parasites. They were hungry and dirty, and about half had AIDS. You could tell when they came up, they had AIDS. They got from their parents, who were probably on the verge of death, if not already dead. And many had malaria. That was their story and how they lived their life. And so as the last day of that trip, uh, people around that area became aware we were there giving out medication. Mostly vitamins was all we had left by the last day was a handful of vitamins. And they began coming and lining up by the hundreds from all over that area to where they were going to receive a miracle of some sort. And I noticed as we were there that, that those kids had lined up and there were three among the kids who were lined up with them waiting for the last day for their medical checkup. One was the, the Methodist pastor of the local church there, Pastor Kenneth. Pastor just like me. He was there in line, kids before him, kids after him. There was also the district superintendent of that whole area of Zimbabwe Methodist Church, who, by the way, my, my boss is a district superintendent, so he's a big shot there, and, and he's in line with the kids waiting for his turn. Also in line, we were at a school, was a principal or superintendent of the schools, a blue-eyed African, uh, bright blue eyes. Uh, you couldn't help but notice those eyes from this man probably in his, his, his 50s or 60s, very old African in that part of the world because the average age, you barely don't, most usually don't get past 40. And I saw them and thought, we can't have that. They're just waiting in line like they're kids. And so I talked to some folks, and we had them come up to the front, took them in a special place and visited with them, and treated them with respect and dignity like I would want because they, they're me. They're me. They're preachers and ministers and servants. Of, they're just like me, and I couldn't have that at all. And so in a way, I'm saying, you deserve some grace, and I'm going to give it to you like I would want it and like I've received it. And, and we mark that in, a, in, a, in, a, in an amazing way about how it flows from who we are and who are we. Grace flows from who we are. Grace flows from who we are, and who are we? We are sinners saved by grace. We've benefited from a God who provided for us in great abundance, and we return to homes as well, take our cars to our house, you know, have, have our gifts and our vacations, all these things God gives us so generously. Thank you, God, for being generous with us. From that place of God's grace to me of abundance, forgiveness, and love, and mercy, we just give the same thing away, and it makes life complete for the disciple of Jesus Christ, and that is discipleship 101, kind of in a nutshell for you to understand what it is as I seek to understand it myself. Well, thirdly, grace is supernatural because it is opposed to the natural. It is here that we can experience the presence 
peace and power of God. You know, I think that almost everybody wants to experience God in their life. We've come to church. That's part of one of the reasons that we're here. Maybe God can touch my heart today. Maybe I can reach out and touch God today. I, I want to know if God is, and I want to experience God in my life, and I want, I want Jesus to be in I want these things in my life. Well, exactly how do we do that? Do we pray really hard? That's one way. Do we sing louder than usual? Give it a try. Maybe I'll take notes today in the message. Fill out that message page so I can take it home. Maybe that's it. You know, what exactly is it that we experience the grace of God? I want to tell you to experience God's presence means we know where our grace comes from. We know where we got it. We didn't earn it. We didn't deserve it. God in generosity gives it to us in Jesus Christ, crucified for us. We say, thank you, Jesus. Communion is going to be a clear reflection of that here in a little while. And we give it away. Lots of ways to give it away, certainly. I forgive you. I place value on you. Here's a gift for Zoe or for the church service or simply a handshake to someone else. I'm going to give you that gift. Certainly, Zoe in Rwanda and Zimbabwe is that in a very real way as we say, I experienced God in that connection there, in that moment there, in that, in that gift there. And that is a supernatural experience because we're not, that's not our nature to do that. It's not our nature to give as we have received. Not our nature to forgive. Not our nature to take something that we could spend on ourselves and spend it on somebody else. It's not our nature to go out of our way to value someone we don't know. And we have no personal benefit to gain from that value. It's supernatural. It's God's Holy Spirit. It's grace. It's the most supernatural thing of all that led Christ to the cross. And how powerful that is and how grace flows. Father, forgive us, the Lord's Prayer says, as we forgive those who've hurt us. Finally, the last word here today, embrace grace, don't do guilt, do good. Embrace grace, don't do guilt, do good. You know, in our world today, we can feel about what we see around us in, in, in all kinds of ways, certainly. We can see the video uh, that we saw and saw some tears, some happiness. Uh, see some that are at the beginning of the program, which are really broken kids. Those at the end. And we can feel guilty. People do all the time. Uh, I see uh, images on television sometimes to raise money for uh, different programs. And I listen to that and say, okay, that's designed to make me feel guilty. So I'll send an object today really fast. So I'll feel less guilty that I've done that. Well, don't do guilt. Uh, then we look at the world we live in. And we see uh, problems in our world all the time. We're overwhelmed by those things. Uh, the news media overwhelms us. It overwhelms me. So I see what's happening all around the world at any given day. Anytime I want to turn the television on, check on the Internet, look anywhere, I can see, man, look at that. That's awful. What is going on there? I can't believe that. Is my world going completely insane? What's happening out? I can do that like you, you can do it. And we probably do do that to some extent. But the question not, is not what is going on in my world, it's what do I do? If there's nothing to do, then what does it matter to know? So what do I do? We obviously can't fix the world. We can't do everything, but we can do something. We can do something. And so we give to a church, and we serve a church in the community, and we try to 
bless in the city for the city the area around us right here. We worked very hard to do that. We picked out a place, uh, uh, the poorest place, one of the poorest places on the, in the world, in Rwanda, Zimbabwe, and we served there. We've been to Mexico and Haiti. Uh, we serve our own community in lots of ways. You probably know that. Our mission trips are done here now. As we reach out all around us in Fort Worth, uh, Midlothian, uh, uh, Cannondale, Mansfield, Grand Prairie, all around us we do that. So embrace grace. Don't do guilt. Just do good. That's what Jesus said to do. He says to Peter, basically, I ain't interested in you feeling guilty, Peter, about denying me three times. I want to know if you love me or not. I don't care, Peter, that you messed up. Not surprised. I told you you would. I'm not about that. I want to know if you love me or not. Okay, you love me. You told me three times you love me. Now I want you to feed my sheep. By the way, it's going to cost you the sacrifice that you will make. And he describes that sacrifice that Peter would make. And then he said at the end, follow me. Discipleship 101. So embrace grace, don't do guilt, just do good. And there in that place, you will experience God as we want to experience God and the way God wants to be experienced. Will you pray with me, please? Heavenly Father, thank you for the words you give us for Zoe and our work there in Rwanda and Zimbabwe. We thank you, Lord, for this time we've gathered together to worship and pray and sing and give. And now we prepare for a holy communion, your sacrament of the Lord's Supper. Open our hearts to receive what you have for us, grace anew, and response, God, may we give as we receive. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.